Welcome to the On Deck Circle, a weekly podcast setting the table with lively baseball banter from two guys who love America's pastime. Let's talk baseball. Welcome back into the On Deck Circle podcast. That's right, Aaron. It's week three, and we are back for the week of March 5th. Discussing spring training baseball, exciting action, things that have taken place. How are you doing this week, Alex? You know what? It's starting to really feel exciting because baseball is being played. Uh, people are, you know, there are, there are intriguing storylines. People are getting hurt. Uh, there's just all sorts of good things going on in baseball right now. It really makes you, I know we got the World Baseball Classic coming up as the kind of the bridge to the regular season. But That's right. The regular season's going to be here before we know it. Opening day's coming. Baseball's back, baby. All right. So we have four items on our agenda today. Let's get into number one. Leading off. And this week, with our first item on the agenda, leading off, we want to talk about some notable injuries. Some of the best parts and worst parts of spring training is seeing who actually makes it through spring training. That's right. And we've had some doozies so far. This is the survival of the fittest. Yes. Uh, I'm curious, what injury, Aaron, is on uh, has, has been most intriguing for you so far? Well, last week, the Dodgers suffered an unfortunate injury from one of their players, uh, Gavin Lux, who was expected to be the everyday stay at shortstop, uh, tore his ACL and LCL, and I believe he's going to be out for the duration of the season. That's a big blow to the Dodgers team. He Gavin Lux made it an easier pill to swallow losing Trey Turner. Am I right? <laughs> he did indeed. I mean, they were expecting him to step into shortstop. He hit almost 300 last year, made some great production, and they were looking for that to translate over to the shortstop position. And unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be Miguel Rojas and Chris Taylor at shortstop you mean, for the Dodgers. Wait, do you, is it Rojas or is it Vargas? It's Miguel Rojas. Miguel Vargas is who they're hoping will play second base. Second base. Okay, because I've been struck by Miguel Vargas. I don't know if you've followed his spring training. He's he's not able to swing the bat right now, Oh, but they're giving him at bats. That's a bummer. And so he's got eight at bats so far. He's not allowed to swing because he, he's got a broken bone in his wrist or whatever, but they want him to start to learn the strike zone. So it's not that he can't hit. It's that he physically can't. Yeah. He's hit. been instructed by the coaches not to swing. And surprisingly, his on base percentage is still 333. So it's curious how a pitcher would be like walking a guy like this. Like you would think you just pump three strikes down the middle, boom, 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 strike three, you're out. And apparently he's been reaching base even though he can't swing the bat. He's been reaching base, unable to swing the bat. And if you want some entertaining clips, go watch some clips of him uh, batting because uh, who was the pitcher... I can't remember who it was. It was an, it's a notable pitcher. Anyway, the pitchers are playing games with him. Like they're practicing EFIS pitches against him because oh, they wow. know that he can't swing. And so they're working on their, uh, they're working on their off speed stuff and some weird stuff, but he's been able to work some walks, but I think it's interesting that he hasn't swung at anything yet, but he's been on base 30% of the time. That's crazy. All right. So Gavin Lux, one of our notable injuries. What's another notable injury from your perspective, Alex? Well, it, you know, these are smaller injuries. 
movies. Uh, we don't really know what they're going to, you know, what the long term, you know, effect is going to be. But, you know, Vladdy came up with a leg injury uh, just the other day. He's going to miss the World Baseball Classic. Is he going to miss? Bummer. Is he going to miss any time? I mean, yeah, it's not a bummer at the end of the day that you're going to miss the World Baseball Classic. But is it going to linger into this into the regular season? You know, we don't know. Yep. I, I really like this player. He still hasn't participated at all. But Jordan Alvarez hasn't swung a bat yet for Houston. He's got a hand issue, too, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. And so you just wonder if that's going to take an effect. It's interesting. You just kind of um, his first day of spring training, I believe, was either today or tomorrow, uh, depending on what day he showed up. But Bryce Harper is actually reporting to spring training this week uh, because he's been recovering from an injury. So, it, yep. you know, you don't, you, you have the injuries that are happening in real time, but then you have the people who have been rehabbing over the, over the off season, they had surgery or whatnot. Uh, Bryce Harper would be one that I would keep an eye on as well. Yeah. Uh, a notable pitcher went down with uh, some issues. He, he broke his toe. Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove. From the San Diego Padres. Going to be missing six to eight weeks yeah, with a fractured toe. That's not insignificant. He's uh, he's the what the number three starter in that rotation, and so he's not uh, uh, he's not a easily replaceable guy. He's not insignificant, and so any injury with the Padres is interesting. We talked about it last week, how they're spending just a ton of money trying to yeah. buy a World Series, and anytime you lose, you know, an above average starter, which Joe Musgrove is, I mean, he's thrown uh, a no-hitter in the last couple seasons. I mean, he's been a solid piece in that rotation. He's got a filthy breaking ball. Exactly. And so you're like, wow, I yeah, I, you, to miss him for two months isn't going to go, you know, isn't going to be, yeah, he'll, he will be missed. Another pitcher that I, I really like and we haven't been able to see him a lot just because he's been injured all of last year. He's injured again. Tyler Glass now for yeah. the Tampa Bay Rays. Just such such upside for that guy, but he just can't stay healthy at all. Oblique injury, I believe, with him. Exactly. And those yeah. things are awful because of, again, just the the, the rotation of a – of a pitcher to to actually you know do, to deliver the ball you know you're you're putting a lot of strain on your body to do that you know those injuries even when they get healthy they can show back up on a moment's notice so it, it just makes you nervous is he actually going to be a contributor this season yeah one that happened fairly early this week uh, was one that involved stitches uh, on Monday Justin Turner got hit oh, in the yeah. head with a pitch yeah. Had to get taken to the hospital. 16 stitches in his head from taking a ball to the schnoz. And again, that's an injury where, you know, Justin Turner, another former Dodger with a new team this year, it, it can affect you in different ways too. Like not only do you have the physical injury of a concussion and stitches and whatever else, but then the psychological effect of, okay, I got to get back in the box and I got to take pitches again. Absolutely. How easily do you transition back into taking 99 mile an hour fastballs up and in? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that wraps up some of our notable injuries. It's time to move on to segment number two. Now on deck. And in this segment, we want to discuss some of the notable games over the weekend and over the last week. Uh, spring training is in full swing, uh, split squad games and regular games. So we've gotten a chance to see some of the starters, some of the stars playing with their new teams. What, were, uh, what was a notable game that you saw highlights from or saw over the weekend? 
it wasn't over the weekend. We're we're recording this on a Tuesday, so it was yesterday, Monday. Hey, don't be telling people when we're recording our podcast. Well, it, it's varied. We've done different days. So, But it was uh, yesterday's highlights. Uh, Aaron Judge hit his first home run of, the sp- of spring training, which... Uh, you it know, is high. It is far. It is gone. It was a bomb to right field. All and rise so, for the judge. All rise for the judge. And so, you know, he got paid in the offseason. He's coming off his American League record-breaking season. And, you know, it. You know, he's played several games so far, had a home run. He finally hit, a, I think it was a three-run blast. And so it was uh, very, very cool to see that. So, yeah, it, it just makes you wonder, you know, can he make another run at hitting 60 home runs again? We'll see. That's right. It'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, another thing that was interesting is we had a no-hitter over the weekend. A no-hitter courtesy of Justin Steele and the Chicago Cubs. They they didn't no-hit the Tigers. They didn't no-hit the Indians. They no-hit the Padres. That's right. Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and company, although Juan Soto currently injured, didn't play. But Manny Machado and all those other boys from the Padres, they got no hit by Justin Steele and six Cubs relievers on Saturday. I would say we're going to say Justin Steele, but Justin Steele only went two innings. He did, but still no hits for the Padres. That's that's something that you don't really see often in spring training games. No, because... Typically, guys are rusty. They're not uh, well. And clearly, the Padres hitters probably are rusty. But you, you know, pitchers are working through their stuff, and you know, maybe they're working on different pitches that they haven't mastered yet. And so, you're usually not going to go too long, you know, without you know seeing a cupcake. And the fact that they weren't able to barrel up a ball for a hit is really surprising. Yeah, it raises a question though, and I wanted to just maybe just spend a minute talking about this with you. This is not uncommon seeing not necessarily. I mean, no hitters are still relatively uncommon, but this uh, these combined efforts where starters only go two innings. Uh, for those of you who don't know a ton about baseball, like, you know, it used to be a big deal to be what they call a pitcher of record. And if you were going to be if you were a starting pitcher, you had to go five innings in order to get, you know, qu- to qualify for a win. Yep. Is it I, I'd be curious your opinion on this. Is it time for like baseball to relook at that? Given like every five days now, pitchers are, you know, basically they have with the you know they have the reliever, the bullpen day or whatever, where a guy only goes two innings and then they're done. Well, the whole concept of like the starter, yes, has been replaced by the concept of the opener. Right. The opener being a high leverage bullpen arm that comes out and pitches the first two innings of the game, kind exactly. of blows through the lineup twice, or I'm sorry, goes through the lineup once and then turns it over to the quote unquote starter who comes in and then uh, carries the bulk of the load before they turn it back over to the bullpen. I I get the practicality of it. Right. I get the fact that it helps the pitchers, but I think it undermines the whole notion of a starting pitcher. A starting pitcher is a pitcher who starts the game right. and doesn't just go an inning or two. And of course, this is spring training, so they're working up their workload to be able to take on the regular season. But I think... A starting pitcher, I think the whole prominence of a starting pitcher has fallen in recent years because of all of these high leverage bullpen arms that come out of the bullpen throwing triple digits and they're able to strike guys out. And so, you know, you think back to the playoffs last year, there were several opportunities where like Zach Wheeler in the World Series doing a great job, makes it through five and a third and he gets pulled in favor of the bullpen. Phillies give up the game. They lose the World Series. Other situations where... Uh, even last year, we had starting pitchers taking a no-hitter into the seventh inning or sixth inning, and because of matchups and because of analytics, they get pulled and a bullpen pitcher comes in. Uh, 
So I think the idea of a starting pitcher is one that is something that we'll keep an eye on throughout the season and have some food for discussion to see what happens with starters this year. If we continue seeing them go five innings and then they're done, or you know, if the opener really takes traction or, or what happens with that. You know, it's very interesting it, it, that there's that there's that component. And then also, in addition, I just think it's interesting that the the rise of the combined no hitter is a thing, because if you can get five guys that are quality arms, it really keeps batters on their toes. You get burgers and fries if you get five guys. Exactly. Exactly. And so if I'm going to if I'm a batter and I'm like, well, I'm, I know I know for a fact I'm only going to I'm going to see three different pitchers today and they're very different. One's a righty, one's a lefty, you know, one, you know, is throwing fire and the other one's got a, you know, devastating curveball or slider like it, it's good. It's going to be a rough day at the ballpark for hitters. Yeah, absolutely. But so far, it hasn't been a rough, uh, a rough day for hitters. The pitch clock appears to be affecting. Uh, it's having a positive effect on batting. It, it seems. Well, we actually had several pitch clock issues over the weekend. Max Scherzer had uh, some some woes. A uh, pitcher for the New York Mets had some issues uh, on Friday and in another game that he pitched in. Well, because he's playing games. He is playing games. He's a was that the plan? veteran. Was that the plan for Major League Baseball? We're going to do this so the pitchers can play games well, with the pitch clock? Here's one of the nuances now, okay? So a batter is allowed one timeout per at-bat. Yep. And the way I understand the pitch clock, uh, if there's nobody on base, the pitcher receives the ball. He has 15 seconds to deliver the ball. Yes. If, a, if there's people on base, he has 20 seconds. Yep. The batter has to be in the box by eight seconds. Okay. But as soon as the pitcher comes set, yeah. the batter has to be in the box. Yeah. So what Scherzer was doing was he was getting the ball immediately coming set and then holding the ball. Well, and then there's that awkward dead time. After you get to about four seconds, the batter gets tired of it and calls time. Well, yep. now, because of the new rules, the batter only gets one time out. And so let's say... The first pitch of the at-bat, he calls time before a pitch is thrown. The rest of the at-bat, he is subject to the pitcher's timing for when the pitcher delivers the ball. And that's even had an effect on the stolen base because even a, even someone like Rajay Davis yep. told uh, Max cited him as someone who had told him, you know, the best way to stop base stealers is to hold the ball. And what we're seeing is pitchers taking advantage of that it'll be interesting to see if major league baseball issues any updates or clarifications to the rules uh even even situations where umpires aren't really sure about how to interpret things we've seen some of some different complex scenarios that work themselves out this past weekend it'll be interesting to see if there's any more growing pains as we continue through spring training i hate to you know again be the be the old school traditionalist here who is just really getting bitter about these new additions to the game, but a big piece of, you know, the in between each pitch and, and you know, it's annoying. And I think Nomar Garcia Parra was really famous for like going and redoing all of his gloves and all of his, you know, the things on his wrists or whatever. He, like Rafael Nadal and he would baseball. do that every pitch and it was super annoying. I get that. But you think about what has to happen in between each pitch and you think of the psychology of, for the hitter. Okay. Thinking through what pitches have I seen? What pitches have I not seen? What's the likelihood that I'm going to see a fastball here or a curveball? You're going to lose some of that when it's like you got to get back in the box and you got to throw it. Now, even though there's a lot of runs being scored in spring training, I'm curious if this swings back once the pitching rotations are set and you know and got, you know pitchers in particular get comfortable with it. 
our hitters going to find themselves at a disadvantage having to jump back into the box almost immediately. Yeah. But, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. All right. Well, time has told for us, and it's time to move on to our third item on our agenda. In the hole. All right. In this segment, we want to have a little bit of fun. Alex, we want to walk through some awesome baseball names, names of baseball players down through history that are just classic baseball names. Names that you wouldn't see in any other profession but on the baseball field. That's right. This isn't the name of the guy who's going to change the oil in your car. No. Or even show up at your house to repair your uh, plumbing or electrical issues. I got one for you. Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> Daryl Strawberry, the famous New York Met, also illicit drug user. That's but right. Daryl Strawberry, great, great baseball Classic name. Classic baseball name. I remember growing up, I had a Daryl Strawberry card, baseball card. I opened a Daryl Strawberry card just not too long ago. And I remember thinking to myself, he doesn't look anything like a strawberry as a child. Right. I remember thinking to myself, why is his last name Strawberry? He doesn't even look like a strawberry. Just classic baseball name where how did that get it how did that get attached to the family it's you just it makes you wonder but again it worked out that he was a professional baseball player that's right that's right and we're grateful for it alex what's a uh, what's a classic baseball so, name that you've come up with? if you want some fun names go scroll through so you know everyone knows jackie robinson but go scroll through the 1947 brooklyn dodgers and there was a guy who was the infield mate to jackie robinson peewee reese Pee-wee Reese. Pee-wee Reese. Now, I'm sure it's probably like a nickname on some level, but that's what his, uh, he was in the box score every day as Pee-wee Reese. And I'm like, what a great, great baseball name. And a close parallel to that from the modern era, Pokey Reese. Pokey Reese? Pee-wee and Pokey. Not related, very different, but Pee-wee and, I remember watching Pokey Reese play. Great second baseman, that's for sure. They were both great second baseman. Exactly. Hey, I got a Detroit Tiger for you. Oh, boy. Boots Poffenberger. And he played for the Tigers in the 60s and 70s. As a Tigers imagine fan, having I got Im- nothing with that. Imagine having the PA announcer say, now batting, Boots Poffenberger. It, would, it, it, it rings true only on a baseball field. That's right. Boots Poffenberger. How, uh, how about a player that's playing right now? I believe he's still playing right now. Coco Crisp. Coco Crisp is still playing baseball? I mean, he was last year. I'm pretty I mean, I, he was with the A's. I'm pretty sure he might still be with the A's. But wow. anyway, Coco Crisp. I mean, that was a name that's just, a, again, just a, a good baseball name. Absolutely. Here's one that used to play for the Orioles back in the 70s. Boog Powell. He was a, he was a, he was a larger, in life, larger than life first baseman for the Orioles back when they were winning World Series. Boog Powell. You know, at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, they actually have a restaurant that he that's named after him called Boog's Barbecue. I love it. They make great barbecue. Boog Powell, great baseball name. One more. Pitcher for the Athletics. Okay. Raleigh Fingers. Oh, yeah, good name. Good name. Raleigh, Raleigh Fingers. Fingers. And again, we're a podcast, so you can't see it, but do yourself a favor and go look up Raleigh Fingers, in particular, that mustache that he wore. Oh, just a great, a great look overall. Yep, so many great baseball names. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. What is one of your favorite baseball players' names? Uh, go through some of the records, uh, particularly like Alex said, in the 30s and 40s. There's some really interesting oh, yeah. players. Just great names of players. Dizzy Dean. Oh, yeah. Catfish Hunter. Just even players. There was a that guy had... on the 1947 Brooklyn Dodgers named Spider. Wow. I'm like, yeah, people think today's names are going off the rails and people are getting super creative. Well, go back and scroll through some of the old names. Like, yeah, people. People were nuts with their names back then, too. 
just a reminder. So, so go to our Facebook page, follow us. And uh, yeah, we want to hear what's a, what's a great baseball name that you've heard, or maybe you grew up watching or that you've heard about as a fan of baseball. We want to hear from you. Feel free to let us know. All right. Time to move on to our last segment, Alex, and it is batting cleanup. We want to preview and look ahead to the WBC. So a couple weeks ago, you were like, I'm not going to watch a game. I'm not. So you're still standing by that. World Baseball Classic is a giant to me. That's a big thumbs down for those of you who are just listening at home. Thumbs down. Well, I actually am planning to watch a couple games. Baseball bummer. I hope to watch at least a few. I hope to, you know, definitely watch it as it gets down to the final few games. And it's been interesting. Again, some notable injuries. You know, we talked about Vladdy, who's not, who was planning to play, who's not going to play. Juan Soto's another injury. Juan Soto's another one who's not going to be in there. And so, again, both of those guys are what from the Dominican. And so the so. Dominican, which originally was going to roll out an all-star team, that's, that's looking less likely. I thought it was interesting. Uh, yesterday, the J- the Japanese team uh, played an exhibition against the against the Tigers, not the Detroit Tigers, but the Tigers from Japan. And uh, Shohei or Ota- Shohei Otani hit two, not three, one, but two three-run home runs. So he appears to be ready uh, for the for the World Baseball Classic. I don't know if you saw this or not. He actually hit one of them from his knees. I did see that replay and saw, yeah, his knee was definitely on the ground and he, he, he took care of it. Unlike football, though, just because your knee is down doesn't mean the play is dead. Right. Right, 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 right. So it's, it is going to be interesting because, again, you're going to see some of these stars playing. I know you and I, uh, we've ta- I think we talked off the podcast last week. We do talk podcast. We do talk baseball when we're not on the podcast. All the time. But the Czech Republic team, again, like they are a bunch of plumbers. So you talk about like, hey, these names aren't for your plumbers. No, these guys, these guys might be your plumber because these guys have day jobs and they're out there now. And I think the Czech Republic and the history of the country there, they've had like one, maybe two, two people who ended up, two guys who ended up in like the professional system at some point. Those guys aren't playing. Uh, these guys are average Joes who somehow qualified by beating Spain. And now they're in the World Baseball Classic and they're going to be going up against the world's greatest. Now, they wow. may get bulldozed, but what an awesome story to be able to say like, hey, I got to go toe to toe with some of the greatest players in the world. And I'm from Eastern Europe, Czech Republic. Talk about places. a great Cinderella story to follow if they make any sort of progress in the exactly. World Baseball so Classic. even if you if you're not planning on watching it, check the box scores. If the Czech Republic wins a game, like hey, know that something special probably happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so I'm all Team USA for World Baseball Classic. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we live in America. Why not root for the home team? We'll root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's going to be a shame. Yeah, I guess uh, you could say that. Team USA, plus I'm a huge Trey Turner fan. Trey Turner's playing for Team USA. Bombs are going to be dropping. Like let's, let's, talk, let's talk culture for a minute. Because again, yes, we do want to uh, we we do want to, you know, celebrate the fact that, you know, we are Americans and we you know it is our pastime. But it is our pastime that we've spread around the world. And so we know when we're watching the Japanese succeed or we're watching the Dominican Republic or we're watching, it's because we've delivered these, the, the game, the pastime overseas and they've oh, come please. to enjoy and love it. And, and oftentimes maybe play it better than we do. Oh, please. I'm just saying. All right. So who do you think is going to win the world baseball? You know Classic? what? I'm going to go with the, the, the team that has the best player. And I think that's Shohei Otani. So I think Japan's going to win. Wow. Did, did the, you pick the Dominican Republic? Last no, year? but. I just, for some reason, I love the players that come out of this country. I love that they have professionals playing for their team again. 
my sin, my 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 heart is with the team from Cuba. Wow, Cuba, Cuba, and Japan. So Alex, games Alex, start this week, right? Like the, tonight, like, tonight, Tuesday night, they start. Uh, we oh have boy. the inaugural World Baseball Classic game. So do I need to get you a World Baseball Classic hat? No World Baseball Classic hat. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that wraps up this issue of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us at and consider going on Facebook and giving our page a follow and stay tuned for if uh, you, updates. If you're some of our loyal listeners, which, you know, we've only done three of these. I don't even know if we have loyal listeners, but if, you've ever, if you're a repeat listener and there's something you want us to talk about, go ahead and drop a comment somewhere, whether it's on our uh, social media page on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We'd love Send to us get some feedback. We would love some feedback from you, and uh, we'll, we'll look to cover some of your ideas and thoughts in subsequent weeks. All right. Signing off for now, the On Deck Podcast. We're out of here.